You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Hello. We have again a lovely Sunday afternoon. It is already winter time here and you are listening to the next episode of the White Love Sommelier Show with Armin Müller. And today we are covering a very exciting topic. We have a winery from Argentina and be and stay tuned for the next two hours to learn, to have fun, and to taste together with us a lovely wine from Argentina. So, and today we are covering a winery of Argentina and the winery itself, it's called Bodega Furlotti. And together with us today is Gabriela Furlotti and also Peter Ilk and Anna Ilk And um, Gabriela is, uh, is the owner of the winery and uh, Peter is a co-founder of this project and he is here together with Anna, his daughter. And it, was, it will be a lovely talk. So I would like to give the word first to you, Gabriela. You are the owner of this bodega. Uh, can you introduce yourself? And then we are passing to Anna and Peter. Hello, everybody. I'm Gabriela. I'm from Argentina uh, with a um, background. My family has been in the wine business for many years. And um, our background is uh, Italian. That's why it's uh, Familia Furlotti. And uh, my great-grandfather was uh, uh, a key factor in the wine uh, business here in Mendoza. And I'm very proud to follow his uh, path. Very good. Thank you so much, Gabriela. I pass the word to you, Anna, uh, which is a function in the call or in the, in the talk today. Yeah, hello. Um, my name is Anna. Um, I'm responsible for the sales um, of the Familia Furlotti wine here in Switzerland. Um, we started um, a few years ago to um, bring the wine from Argentina um, over the project, uh, my father um, started together with um, Gabriela and some others. Um, and we, I'm trying to sell the wine here in Switzerland to introduce it to a new market. And um, we're getting very positive response. So that's my function in this whole thing. Thank you, Anna. And now we pass to you, Peter. Thank you, Armin. Yeah, great to be here on this uh, sunny afternoon. We are sitting in Zurich. Um, I was one of, uh, I was on one of the wine trips uh, in Argentina, and one of on one of those trips, I got in contact with Gabriela Forlotti and the Forlotti family, and uh, it was now roughly 10 years ago, and I was impressed by the family, by the tradition. And um, therefore, I started and I was keen uh, to support them with the new project with the Familia Forlotti wines. That sounds very, very interesting. And during these two hours, we will learn a lot about what was the background of the project, what kind of climate we will have and so on. But before we are going deeper into detail, and I let the word with you, Peter, again. So what 
comes into your mind when you think about wine? What do you refer with wine? Yeah, if you ask me uh, directly, I must say, since I'm very strongly associated with Argentina regarding wine, I have all the lovely association which comes into my mind with Argentina, which means, you know, the Andes in the background uh, of Mendoza, the incredible large vineyards, the lovely place, uh, the family uh, heritage of, of the fam Familia Forlotti, the great steaks, of course, in Argentina, and the fantastic, tasteful wine, which goes beautifully together with, with these steaks. That is a really cool entrance statement, Peter. And how about you, Anna? Um, I'm not... Hmm, I, Am I allowed to say your age? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, of okay, course. Good. <laughs> you, you are the youngest here in the round, 18 years old. And yes. I think it's amazing that you already have a fable for wine, that you take care about something so special. And so what is coming into your mind when you think about wine? Well, um, like you said, I'm I'm only 18 years old, so I'm not um, I'm not really the um, I don't have great experience of you know tasting wines and drinking wines, but what comes really into my pops up in my mind when I hear wine um, is really um, all the stories I went through with um, with my father with the with this with the Familia Furlotti wine and also with the previous project um, with the Soluna wine. And it's really, um, for me, I've always been really fond of, of these stories and sort of, um, yeah, the adventures that, that were linked with that. And I think really um, also that wine is more than just a beverage or um, a project to consume. Um, I think that is really what, what my connection to wine is, that it's, there's more behind it. There really is a character in the story and there's more. Yeah, like I said, that, there's more behind it. That sounds it. so lovely. And what impresses me is uh, the wines we are talking about today are red wines. And with the age of 18 years already loving red wines, this is amazing because they are so tannic and uh, um, it needs also a little bit education of the tongue to appreciate uh, red wine at your age. I have two daughters and from time to time they are also they are all in your age and uh, they from time to time also appreciate a red wine let's say especially when we have other guests but if we are just we uh, at home they definitely still prefer a, a white wine and they always say to me yeah that is not so drying your mouth and so I really appreciate your answer and now i give the word to gabriela when you have um you have a long long tradition into wine and maybe you're telling us a bit more um what was your impression when you were at the age of uh anna and then what is your impression now when you are talking about wine what what comes into your mind well wine is a it's a way of uh, of life right it's not just a, a product. So um, you grew up with wine. Uh, and if you, I mean, at, at the same age as Anna, of course, I didn't drink that much wine and I didn't, I wasn't involved that much into wine. 
but still wine was all around here in Mendoza. All my friends produced wines. We used to walk through the vineyards. So that's when uh, you produce wine history is so important because you you are immersed in, into, into the wine business all your life. Uh, but of course, I also impressed that the young girl like wine as uh, as Anna, and uh, that is involved in the wine business. And I guess more and more girls now are into red wines. And I don't know if it's a bit of um, uh, I don't know if it's today is like in the old days. Like women are related with white wines. More and more red wines are, uh, are there on the table, and you have different uh, kind of uh, red wines. You have easy red wine to drink, that probably is the way to start. And then you can get to this more complex wine as uh, Familia Furlopi. Very appreciated. And um, uh, by the way, I studied your website a bit and one of the sentences you wrote is the Furlopi philosophy is that wine is history, art, <laughs> harmony and elegance. Can you please explain this sentence to make it a little bit more transparent and understandable for our listeners? Oh, yes, of course. I think the two key words from that sentence is um, history and elegance. I think, as I mentioned before, uh, wine is a way of life. So if you don't have this history, you don't grow up, and it's, it takes a lot of time to produce wine. Uh, years to have a bottle of wine, from one year to work on the vineyard, then a year working on the winery, plus the time you have to keep the wine uh, at, at, the, at the cellar to age. That takes time. So if you don't understand wine as a history, and uh, that will be impossible. It's not something you create from one day to another day. Not this kind of wine. You have different kind of wine again, but not these wines. And these wines are made on the vineyard. And the vineyard is something you learn how to work the vineyard with time, walking through the vineyard one year after another year. It's not just old math, especially these very old vineyards that uh, Familia Furlotti has. Um, takes time to understand those vineyards. So history is the key on this. Um, to be a good viticulture takes time. And the other thing is elegance. I think uh, elegance is the key factor that every uh, winemaker should, uh, it's a goal for every wine, it's, uh, for every wine and for every winemaker. Elegance means balance. And it's the same thing as, um, I don't know, when you do you, you do decoration or you dress is everything is about elegance this balance uh, that you find in wine the balance between alcohol the sweetness the acidity that's the key that is so that so, sorry that's why I, I, I believe that uh, this sentence means a lot because uh, it's a union of those two things the history and the tradition will give you to understanding of the of the vineyards and then the elegance of the wine. I think you made a very good translation of this sentence to our listeners. And uh, I would even say the history brings you in the position, even if you have a bad year to, uh, I would say the, the wine is made in, in the vineyard. But even if you have a bad year, which is not so easy to have it in Argentina, but even if you would have it, you could, with the tradition, with the history of all the other um, um, vintages, you are able also to make a good wine then in the cellar because you have the experience and that gives you the, the transformation from the history to the presence and to make a good, elegant wine. 
Correct, correct. I mean, you, the experience helps you to to know what you can really do with your vineyard. Even though you have a bad year, you probably learn how to work with that uh, that um, grapes during that that year. But still, you need to have a, a really good year and a good grape to produce good wine. There's no other way to produce good wine. You need the you need the the grapes. Grapes are the key for good wines. I totally agree with you. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for, for the introduction, everybody, Peter, Anna, and Gabriela. And now it's time for a great song. And stay tuned and come back to us or stay and listen to the, to the, to the song. And then we will continue the White Love Sommelier show with the Forlotti family from Argentina. So we are back again and today we are uh, covering a very interesting winery from Argentina, from the Mendoza region. And in the call we have uh, Gabriela from Argentina, but also Peter and Anna here in Switzerland. And now, uh, Gabriela, I would like that you tell us a bit about your wine region. So what is um, so characteristic for the Mendoza wine region? Can you give us a little bit introduction of the climate as the first step? Well, Mendoza has a continental kind of uh, climate. So it's um, very hot in summer and it's cold in winter. Probably not that cold as you have in Switzerland, but it's very cold in the morning here. So we have a lot of frost. And to have a good uh, uh, grapes, you need to have a, uh, certain hours of uh, cold weather in winter, which is very important for the vineyard. And the other thing is, it's super dry. We only have 200 milliliters of uh, rain and vineyards need much more than that. So we develop a really interesting system of how to water the vineyard. But basically, it's uh, dry and uh, and cold. That that's the weather in Mendoza. Good, but yeah. So Peter, uh, you I see you would like to see some uh, to say something. So uh, I give the word to you. What actually impressed me most when I was the first time in Mendoza. Uh, as a Swiss, of course, you like mountains, but it, it's no comparison to what they have there with the Andes. And I think the great thing is really that, you know, you have these Andes, the highest peaks are roughly 8,000 meters. Um, and the Aconcuagua, that's the highest mountain there, is very close to, to Mendoza itself. And I think the beautiful thing about those mountains is that they, that they probably, that they actually take all the wind coming from Chile. And then, you know, the, the, the wind has to, uh, the, the, the wind has to, um, up level and and uh, so it starts to rain in the mountains so there is always a white top and snow on top of the mountains and of course on the other side on, on the argentinian side the weather is very dry but of course you need water as well to make great wine and this is a very a unique uh, situation uh, mendoza has you know on one side it's very dry because it's on the on the west side of the mountain and but on top you know you have all this all this uh, water coming this fresh water coming down uh, from from those mountain tops being having an altitude of four or five thousand meters and that creates this unique combination of having you know a beautiful soil very dry water uh, 
very dry climate, but still enough water, you know, to, cre to create these beautiful grapes. Yeah, and I think especially in the spring season when the snow is melting, then you will uh, get a lot of water from the high mountains, right? Well, we have a dam to regulate uh, the water from the from the mountains because uh, vineyards need a lot of water in spring, and uh, that's um, usually in spring is still too cold to for the for the snow to to melt. So we, we we have the dam, but still we don't have enough water for the whole area. Only five percent of the province is cultivated. So water here is uh, is very important, and we really take care of the water. It's um, I mean this whole thing uh, is a big difference if you have a, a right of water, uh, or you have to dig for water, but you also have to need to right to have the right to, to dig for water. So it's a big issue. Okay, water I here. I, uh, and as uh, Peter says, uh, the mountains are there. I forget to mention the, mo the mountains because they are always there for me. <laughs> Good. But it's, they are really impressive. That impress everybody. They are a huge, big wall uh, that you can see the vineyard and the background of the, the mountains are a really amazing landscape. So far, I have not been to Argentina, but... It is definitely on my bucket list. And as I like the wines, it is not so difficult to make it happen in the future. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're always welcome. Let's uh, hope that the COVID lets us uh, travel again. Thank you, Gabriela. So we have talked about the climate. Can you uh, give us a little bit insight? What kind of soil do you have? What, what kind of terroir uh, can we expect by the the vineyards you are cultivating well soil in vineyard is uh, is quite important uh, you know that there is three things about all vineyard how important all vineyards are because they are very well balanced and blah 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 but i heard once uh, a very interesting uh, sentence that says give me a good soil and in a few years i will have an old vineyard in a good soil. So soil is more important than old vineyard. It's a, the soil is the key here and the soil is, the, is what support the, the vine. So you need to have a soil and, and that is well drained because a vineyard doesn't like too much water, needs water, but not too much water. It's not Vineyard doesn't like a rich soil either. So you need the soil, um, and in Mendoza, for example, Lulunta have a very, it's only, eight hectares, but we have four different soils at the vineyard. And you can see that the vineyards develop differently. If you have a, a soil that's a little bit richer, you can have much more, uh, um, the, the plant develops better, so you have less uh, structure on, uh, on, on the grapes. When the, the vineyard has to struggle, the concentration on the, on the grapes is uh, it's much higher. And that uh, is, at the end, it's a different result on the, on the, vine, on the wine, right? Good. So uh, that means the, the wine we are tasting today, the Pinea Lunlunta, is then made on eight hectares. Is it on different plots or is it, uh, let's say, one plot very large? So how can we think about that? Well, uh, there are four different lots that then we blend it at the end. And mm -hmm. one lot uh, uh, give the wine some kind of character. So at the end, 
the combination of these lots, more than, for example, this one lot that is a little bit more dry, full of stony and limestone, uh, give a totally different character, and that's the main core of the wine. And then we use the rest of the lot to make the, the blend. Um, but again, I mean, um, soil, soil is what uh, will give your, um, the character, the uh, typicity, typicity of the wine, the um, um, individuality of the wine. Yeah. And, and of course, one uh, thing more is important, the grape itself. And you decided for Malbec. And if I'm right, you are concentrating 100% on Malbec, nothing else. Is that correct? That's correct. Good. Yes. And uh, um, of course, everybody uh, is connecting Malbec with Argentina. But I think the reason you chose Malbec is not because of Argentina. It is because of something else. And so what was for these the reason uh, or why is Malbec so popular in Argentina? Well, uh, Malbec developed well in Argentina. I guess um, the weather is good for, for Malbec and um, the conditions here are perfect for Malbec. And I would say that my Malbec likes sun and here it's very sunny. So uh, develop very well and then we can harvest a good, uh, good grapes. So probably in other areas of the world, summers are shorter or less sun. So I will definitely say that Malbec's like sun. Very good. Do you share the opinion, Peter, with Gabriela, or uh, do you think differently? Talking, talking about Malbec just came a, an interesting story into my mind. Um, if I recall right, Gabriela, but you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that Malbec, yeah. about in 17th or 18th century, it was very popular in, in Europe. But then, you know, some the first immigrants took over then some of these Malbec grapes to, to Argentina. And then what happened was that, that there was a disease in Europe. So it destroyed nearly all the Malbec plants. So the only spot on the globe where Malbec survived was then uh, in, in Argentina. And now uh, you're probably one of the, of the leading countries still for those Malbec grapes, is that I, I guess that, that that story is, is is more or less accurate? I'm not. I cannot uh, tell you 100% if it's true or not. But I heard that. I heard that. Uh, well, because we have a lot of Malbec, we have now more Malbec than in France. So they took some of the Malbec back into France. But I cannot tell you exactly if they still there have their own plant from the beginning. I, I, I have no idea about that, but that's true that the Tiloxera destroyed mainly most of the grapes in Europe. That's right. Yeah, and today most of the grapes in Europe are based on the roots from American uh, wines. So, um, but I think Malbec got a very good revival in France. Um, and they reconcentrated a bit on Malbec, but you are the world champion for Malbec. Argentina is the world champion for Malbec. That is that is clear. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, well, it's that combination we where we have been talking about 
good soil and and the weather for the, for the plant to to develop that's that's a key yeah and you you were saying gabriela you have eight hectares for the uh, to making the finca lununta um, but how many hectares are you cultivating in total in your winery? No, very small. O only this eight hectares from uh, Lulunta and uh, three hectares in uh, Altamira and uh, nothing else. And one hectare more of uh, Malbec here in um, also near Lulunta, which is called Chakras de Coria in Luján de Cuyo. So it's a very small winery and very small production. So it is so less than 15 hectares. 15 hectares. So, and my motto less in life, than that. my motto in life, it's never about quantity. It's all about quality. And uh, <laughs> we are, we <laughs> we will now make a short break for some music. And uh, after coming back, we were we will talk about also the quality. So let's make a short break for some music and see you soon again. Dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio, we have a lovely winter Sunday and we are in the two-hour sommelier show, the White Love sommelier show. And today we are here with three great people, uh, with Gabriella Forlotti. She is the owner of the Familia Forlotti winery in Argentina and together uh, is also Peter. Peter Ilk is a co-founder and he's together with his daughter. She's only 18 years, but already in wine. And Gabriela, um, as we are talking about your winery, can you present a bit your uh, Bodega Forlotti? So what is the philosophy of your winery? The philosophy of the winery? Well, I think we, we talk about this. We talk about quality. We talk about uh, the way of life. Um, to produce wine that have character. I mean, it's, it's a way of, since it's a way of life, I, I, I would say that my, the wine is my life. So I produce the wine I like, and I like to produce uh, a good Malbec, uh, a Malbec that have a character. Um, the bodega, the philosophy is to keep, to, to keep these vineyards, as you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, most of the vineyards in Europe are, um, crafted in um, American roots. Here, this Malbec is still 100% Malbec. Its vineyards are 100 years old. And to produce a wine that has um, a character and is unique and is different um, makes us very, very proud. Um, no, so first, yeah, first, what we want yeah. to do is very, we, we like to, to produce an honest wine. First of all, it's amazing. You have vineyards. Um, with still the original roots. So this is something I would say very cool. And the other cool thing is uh, most of your wines are already more than 100 years old. So they give uh, 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 wine or concentration in the wine, which is amazing. But when I refer to philosophy, I, I would like to hear also a bit Gabriela, are you biological? What are you doing in terms of sustainability so that we can um, um, can understand your philosophy a little bit more in detail? Of course. I mean, 
if you want to keep this uh, 100 years vineyards all uh, running, then you have to take care of the vineyard. And the only way you can do that is being agroecological. I mean, don't go that far as biodynamic, but uh, agroecological agro has to be the, the way. No more agrochemicals. It's the only way you can, as we mentioned before, soil is the key. And if you don't keep the soil uh, alive, that's a, the, the, the vineyard will never uh, will not live forever. So it's our commitment and it's our obligation to live for the next generation uh, a vineyard that still can go another hundred years old. Good. Another um, hundred years to. Yeah, when I was talking to Peter the other day, he mentioned also. Um, that you are involved in, in, in a fair trade project. Uh, maybe Peter can, can explain that more, more in detail also. Yeah, that, I mean, you have to understand a little bit uh, the economy of Argentina. I mean, it's a country who had for 30 or 40 years an average inflation per year of 30%. And of course, uh, it makes it clear that if you have savings uh, for for your old for your days when you are older, uh, those savings are are worth near close to nothing. They are decreasing amazingly under this enormous inflation. So there are many older people which had you know great vineyards on great locations because they were there one of the first moving over from Europe, and uh, you know. Uh, building up their homes and building up their vineyards about 100 years ago. But in the third or second or third or fourth generation, uh, the wine business was not so profitable anymore. And uh, their savings, of course, they, they couldn't really make savings with this enormous inflation. So all what they had was at the end their vineyard. And after three or four generations, some of them had vineyards on great locations, but they forgot a little bit how to create really great grapes. Um, and with the help of Gabriela, we found an expert and she was willing to support those local farmers uh, to produce that, to make the best out of their vineyards in those great locations. And uh, that lead then to the situation that they, you know, about three years later had great grapes produced on that on those great locations. And those were the basis then for this fair trade wine project. We guaranteed them to, to buy these grapes to a fair price, paid immediately. And that was then the basis for the for this fair trade project, which then generated, of course, a fair trade Malbec wine. Good. And what you already said also, I think this fair trade wine was awarded as one of the best wines in, in South America a couple of years ago. Maybe you can also tell us a bit about that. We are not testing this wine today. We are testing another wine. But I think it's also quite interesting that a winery is also involved in some other projects. So I think it's good to to take one, two minutes about that and to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, thank you, Armin. It's it's true, I mean, 87, uh, the, this wine was rewarded to the best fair trade wine on the globe. And 
being just a small a small producer, this gave us, of course, a lot of limelight. Uh, so then, funny enough, um, Walmart became aware uh, of of this wine of the of the winery, and they were interested in in buying this wine. So we were very surprised when you know Walmart called us and say, "Hey, we would we would be interesting to have your wine in the in the states." Um, which was, of course, a great opportunity for us as well. And uh, then we, uh, this wine was then uh, shipped to the States and it was uh, then sold over Sam's Club, which is the subsidiary, uh, the wine subsidiary within Walmart. And uh, it was appreciated a lot and uh, it really gave this, this fair trade wine uh, a global face. Yeah, I think that is a very good story. And um, the story of course we concentrate a bit more on the let's say the flagship wine today um, and um, yeah philosophy also has to bring results at the end of the day or uh, customers do not want to hear only philosophy they want to hear something uh, even if they are not the expert but if for instance uh, Robert Parker or James Suckling or somebody else is judging your wines it is for them also a good sign that you are on the right track and maybe Gabriela you can also tell us a bit um, how are your wines in the international ratings from Parker and so on Well, we used a couple of um, samples. I mean, this is uh, quite uh, a new project if you see because the first harvest is 2014. We got good uh, reviews from Sackling especially, then uh, all, all over uh, 90 points. Um, but to tell you the truth, I'm not that much keen into sending samples if they don't come to visit the wine. It was much nicer when uh, Jancis Robinson visit the winery and then you can taste the wine with the journalist and just send samples. And um, But samples are important. I know that that tells people what uh, if the wine is good or not. There are some countries that if you don't have uh, points, you cannot even go into the um, testing for the tender, especially the monopolies. Um, and that is something that the whole industry have to really um, think about because uh, people need to start drinking wine and like it or not without thinking if the wine is good or if it has good points or if it's your friend like it or not. If you like red, it's fine. If you like white, it's fine. If you like heavy wines, it's okay. Has to be a bit more, less stressed to drink wine. Wine is something you can enjoy. And maybe you like a wine that I don't like it. I mean, if the wine is good and balanced, uh, doesn't matter what else uh, other people that are telling you about the wine. I think the, the most important thing is to test the, to taste the wine. And uh, by the way, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio, Whenever you would like to come to Argentina and taste the wines of Gabriela Folletti, she has not only a winery, she has also a very lovely, cool boutique hotel. So you could also stay and uh, not only drink the wine, you do not have to lose your driving license. You just enjoy the wine and then you have a lovely dinner and then you can go to bed. 
So <laughs> she's smiling, uh, but I think it's important to uh, that the people understand that you are not only a winery, but uh, the concept is winery and uh, be uh, a, like a luxury B and B to 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 make the the people who are joining and who are coming to taste your wines can really enjoy the stay and are not have not to be in a hurry, but can also relax for a couple of days in your area. Correct. It's a beautiful area to visit. My place, which is um, my home, is beautiful. And as I mentioned, you is a way of life. So I walk every day through my vineyards, checking how they are developing. Uh, now I have my chickens running around the vineyards, and it's a beautiful area to, to be. And uh, of course, when you talk about wine, you have wine and food. And here in Argentina, it's uh, wine and a beautiful steak. Yeah. Anna, I see you would like to add something. Yes, exactly. Thank you. I can really, to all the listeners, I can only really recommend it to you uh, to go and visit Gabriela and um, the Bodega Furlotti. Um, from, I have loads of customers who come back from Argentina who have really made this amazing experience staying with her, ch tasting the wines. And they're all, they really always are so fond of this experience. And also I have people who, are, who came back years later and every time when I visit them and I deliver the wine to them, they're really telling me every time from a new how, how amazing this experience was. So absolutely, if you're looking for an amazing experience, go and, try and taste the wine and visit the Bodega Furlotti. That sounds really cool, Anna. And... Um... You know, I'm going normally with my clients to the most fascinating wineries in the world. And um, whenever we go to Argentina, Gabriela will be <laughs> a first choice to, to visit, of course. And Peter, yeah, what is your... I think Gabriela is too modest with her place. I mean, you should say that it is, you know, rated since many years to one of the leading boutique hotels in the whole Mendoza area. And it's really uh, rated as one of the wine, of one of the pioneer, pioneer places that introduced wine tourism in the whole um, Mendoza region many years ago. And it's amazing, you know, to keep that po top position as one of the leading boutique hotels in this still enormously growing area over so, so many years. I mean, to keep to be on top for so many years with that hotel is really an amazing performance, I think. Yeah, Gabriela, I give the back word Thanks. back to you. How do you <laughs> uh, would like to judge um, with, with these side judges of Peter and Anna? <laughs> Uh, well, I thank you, Peter, for the, the, the comments and Anna. Uh, but the truth is that I'm proud of the hotel and the hotel is beautiful. And uh, I opened the hotel 20 years ago. And I'm so proud of the hotel. But actually, what is uh, more important behind the hotel is the vineyard I'm protected with the hotel. Where the hotel is located, the vineyard is, was planted in 1916. And it's, uh, the vineyard is in an area where now people are doing some, uh, I mean, people from the city are moving to this area. We don't have any kind of protection for this old vineyard. So all this old vineyard are giving uh, up to this uh, housing uh, system. So what I'm much more proud 
or of um, not it's not the the quality of the hotel if that, that after 20 years the vineyard is still producing a good Malbec here. That with uh, with I mean it's a way of showing the new generation that it's not all about just money. There are things you can do with passion, and with some responsible. We were talking about philosophy. Well, my one of the philosophy of Familia for Lot is try to keep these old vineyards alive for the next generation. I think this is a very good aim. Um, I was just thinking, so when I would come with my clients to your place, um, and of course everybody does not only want to drink wine, they want also to see something, to experience something. What could they do? Is there, for instance, horse riding or is there some other activities in the area which... Uh, makes uh, the stay not only pleasant, but and, uh, really super pleasant. Well, first you can enjoy summer here because you probably will come from winter. So that is a big plus. And of course you have all these activities. We have uh, these Andes uh, quite close. So you can do some trekking, of course, horseback riding through the vineyards or into the mountains. Um, you have all the activities you can do on the river, like rafting. Art is all something very uh, that developed a lot in the last 20 years, thanks to the wine business and the tourism. We have a lot of artists, really good artists. And, uh, and then um, food. Remember that here we have this Italian and Spanish background, so food is very important in our life. That sounds really inviting. Yeah, Peter, what is your comment to this? I think um, the, Mendoza, the Mendoza region is really great for motorbike driving. There are just enormously wide roads, endless, endlessly long roads, but as well, at the same time, you know, these beautiful roads in the mountains. Uh, and there is little traffic, like we had it in Europe 30 years ago, uh, and no speed cameras, I have to say. <laughs> it's something, a beautiful thing there. <laughs> so it's not flashing you behind every corner. So you can really drive freely up in these enormous mountains for hours and hours. And they have some, you can rent some nice bikes there, some BMW, you know, GS bikes. Some of them are very old. I, old, I normally rent one which has 150,000 kilometers on the clock. But it's still it's still running beautiful, and being being on a motorbike, you know, on these enormous landscapes, you have eagles flying over you. You know, you're driving along these endless mountain rivers up and up the hills until four or five thousand meters altitude. It's really a fantastic place for those who like driving motorbikes. So oh. Yeah, <laughs> Gabriela is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, um, the, that's true what uh, Peter is uh, mentioned. But it, 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 the, the landscape is really amazing with the Andes. So even though if you don't do motor biking, you can cycling around or just take the car and drive uh, around the whole day. You have different valleys and it's uh, quite an experience just to try to go um, to the border in Chile and experience these uh, huge uh, mountains uh, when you drive. It's, 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 it's uh, really people, uh, um, 
it's hard to explain because it's uh, that, that when you drive through the mountains and you feel you are tiny uh, thing in these mountains, it's, it's incredible. It's, the, the view is incredible. The, the, the feeling is amazing. I already can um, feel the feeling and uh, it makes me really to come to your place. And dear listeners, whenever you would like to visit Gabriela's place, please contact me. You know Armin at superyachtradio.com and I will give you good advice and will connect you or I could even organize for you. So whatever you like. So, and now it's time to make a short music break and we will come back in a few minutes to continue this great Sunday evening, afternoon with a winery in Argentina, Mendoza, so fabulous. So see you in a few minutes, back again. Hello, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio. We are back here in the White Love Sommelier Show. Today, covering a great winery in the Mendoza region, which is uh, which belongs to the Familia Forlotti, and we have already learned about what is the climate, what is the soil, what is the philosophy, and now <laughs> a very tricky question. So, Gabriela. How do you differentiate yourself from your competitors? Because uh, at the end of the day, you want to sell your wines and not uh, that the uh, wine lovers are testing the wines from your competitors. Of course, they should maybe additionally, but what makes your winery unique? What gives the value-added plus to your customers, to your wine lovers? Well... Again, all goes back to the vineyard. Having a good vineyards give you a good wine, and um, I focus in, in, in Malbec. So I guess uh, producing uh, different Malbec is uh, it's what is different from other vineyards. I know everybody produces Malbec in Mendoza, but we are really focusing to Malbec, no other things. And um, yeah, I will tell you, I mean, the vineyard, to keep this all vineyard, that's uh, that, uh, the gem. Good. I, I think I got your message. Within the secret weapon of Malbec, which is not really a secret weapon, it's a normal weapon, <laughs> but <laughs> within this secret weapon, you have the very, very old vineyard, which gives the greatest quality into your wine. That is what you would like to tell us, right? Correct. The old vineyard and the good soil. The old That's vineyard the and the good soil. The good soil. And then try not to spoil the wine at the winery. Just leave the wine to show. Just show what you have in the vineyard. Show this unique character. Not try to produce another Malbec, massive Malbec, or a Malbec that will like everybody. Just have a Malbec with his, its, its own identity. Good. Very appreciated, Gabriela. Peter, do you share this opinion or would you like to add something? I, I totally agree. I mean, it's really impressive to see that you have 100-year-old grapes and this wine is produced out of these 100-year-old grapes. I mean, it might be interesting to hear from Anna a little bit later on what, you know, her customers are telling her why they drink uh, the Familia Forlotti wine rather than some other products from, from Argentina. But from my side, uh, as a, uh, I must say, a little investor in the whole project. 
what impressed me as well was this fa family saga of the Forlottis. I mean, you know, the, the grand-grandfather of Gabriela, he was originally Italian and he moved over to Mendoza. And there he, stra he, he started as a very poor man. He was just, you know, be a picker. These are those guys who are picking up the grapes during the harvest and they earn close to nothing. But somehow he managed uh, to step up the ladder and um, buy, you know, one place after the other and produce uh, wine and grapes there. And that, you know, that really lead was an amazing success story. I think uh, Gabriel's grand-grandfather or then the second generation made it to one of the largest wine producer in South America. I mean, that's an amazing success story. And then what happened, you know, in this Familia saga is something that happens often in family sagas. You know, it then a heavy crisis came to, to Argentina, which is relatively happens every century to Argentina with this wild uh, economic cycle. We see that still in our days when we see that, you know, Argentina has now the third, probably the, the third and probably goes into the fourth bankruptcy of the state within whatever, 40 years. So it is an enormous, you know, um, cycle in the economy. And one in one of those cycles, you know, the, the, the whole empire of that, of that uh, huge wine producer uh, nearly went into bankruptcy. And to illustrate a little bit, you know, the importance of the, of the Forlotti family, if you, if you are once in Buenos Aires, uh, you can visit, you know, the Forlotti places and the Forlotti streets. This was when in the 1930s or 40s, you know, the wine from the Forlotti properties in Mendoza were, were shipped uh, to, to Buenos Aires for, for production and for further shipments to Europe. So it was so dominant that not just in, in Mendoza, they had huge, huge uh, fields. They, they really had their own streets and their own production uh, lines uh, and enormously large buildings in Buenos Aires as well. Though they, even if you ask a, a taxi driver in these days in, 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 in uh, Buenos Aires, bring me to the Furlotti Street. I mean, he know where to go, which is amazing. Uh, and then, you know, how it happened often with his family, this was this sharp, sharp economic downturn. And what is, I think, very important as well is now this revival of the, of the fourth generation uh, and they really had a, a turnaround uh, of this fa family saga. Now, after this, this you know, heavy and severe uh, economic crisis into the light again. And now in these days, uh, after 100 years, they are back on stage and they are producing this wonderful wine, which has uh, above 90 Parker points, uh, is selling nicely, not just uh, in Buenos Aires, but on, on many other places on the world. And I think it's not just a, it, it is a story about 100-year-old grapes, but I think it is a great story about the family saga uh, and the great turnaround business. I think this sounds really amazing. And uh, you, Anna, are, let's say, still young. But uh, have you already, uh, you have said you have been there at the place. Have you experienced uh, a bit this what the uh, uh, family saga will transfer to, to the people? 
I mean, for me, what this this whole family saga really is is, or what it well for me it really is the the home taking message, and you know, you really as being younger, it's really I find it really really inspiring as well um, to see to see this this drive and this um, this passion that goes into the wine and in into the whole into the whole production, and I find that is really something that's very characteristical and very unique for 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 the whole. For the wine and 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 for the whole the whole package in it, it's um really this 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 passion and also this 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 power of getting up again and get going and 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 go and strive for your goals and and yeah and really you know get a, get a great great result as well you know and um, I find that is really really unique and and amazing. And I think also it reflects a bit how Folotti sees himself because on the Uh, wine bottle, um, you see something very special, and I think I give the word to you again. Maybe you, Gabriela, can explain a bit what we can see on the label of the wine bottle. Well, it's um, heraldica. I don't know how to say heraldica in English, but um, uh, the, what you see there, you see a lion. A lion is a uh, it's it's. Um, a symbol that, that my great grandfather was using uh, in the old days. Actually, the, all the wines were using animals. One when it was a bull, another one it was a lion. I guess that gives them a sense of power in the in the old days. So I I bring back that lion, and uh, and then uh, you will see here on the labels um, a T for tradition. C H for uh, heritage and C for character, and uh, what I'm looking into wines is always character. That for me is the key question. I really don't like to produce another massive wine, so I really want to distinguish. And uh, doesn't matter if you like or not the wine. The wine has to have character. I like diversity in life, and I like diversity in wine as well. So that's that one of the goal and uh, I hope um, I mean I try to represent this uh, idea into in, in, into this label a little bit of tradition and heritage but a lot of uh, character the same character that my great-grandfather had when he arrived to Argentina and started this uh, business and yeah. he was able to find found beautiful land and work hard to to become a, a um, But I mean, uh, uh, a reference in the wine business. Yeah, H could stand for heritage, but maybe it could also stand for heart, because I think what you are doing is you, to bring your passion to the people, to show your heart, to make a great product with everybody. Not only should love, I think will love, and. Um, Yeah, I think it is time also now to taste uh, your wine. I have already put it in the, the glass. And it's also for you, dear listeners, if you have a great red wine, I assume that you do not have the Finca Lulunta, uh, because, uh, but maybe you have some great wine and you will taste with us. So put something into your glass and... Uh, Yeah, the first thing when I had a first sniff, 
It is the cherry, the blackberry, but also a bit oaky. I, I uh, assume that you have put it into wooden barrels for a longer time. And uh, on the palate, you feel a present acidity. You feel the spiciness, the fruitiness, and um, mouth filling. Even if it's uh, 2015, for me, it's still too young. No, it's not too young, but it's still young. So if you have the right food together with it, it's perfect. But if you just drink it as a wine for meditation, it still could stay some, some years in the cellar to be really, really perfect. But what I noticed, I had when I tasted the wine before, I had a, a little piece of black chocolate and it was a perfect match with this wine. So <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think the wine is uh, still a wine that you can keep in your cellar. Will be much better in a few uh, years to drink uh, just as a wine. And uh, uh, this... Uh, Actually, last night I was drinking uh, wine with a little bit of dark chocolate and it was perfect, but really dark chocolate. And the combination was good. So it's not only that the combination with the chocolate is good, also you can feel that in the wine. And you know what? Here in Switzerland, we really have good chocolate. We have <laughs> Lind, we have Cayet, we have Frey, we have other good, good chocolate. So don't worry uh, if... I combine it with a wine. I will not make advertisement now for single producer, but it was good chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, true. So next time you come here, you should bring me some of this good chocolate to drink my wine. <laughs> that, that, that is a good deal. I drink your wine and you eat my chocolate. <laughs> or, or we share it so to, to make it even more pleasant. <laughs> very good, very good. But your description about wine was uh, really, I really agree. I mean, have a lot of uh, black uh, berries here in this wine. Yeah. A little bit of space. And uh, yes, we keep the wine in barrels for, for a few months. Not all the wine, part of the wine, but uh, yeah, wine needs to, I mean, it's, um, if it's a wine you can want to age in, you need to marry the wine with uh, oak. Yeah, and how, how long uh, was it staying in the oak? Well, that depends on uh, when we are tasting with the analogies to keep it a little bit longer or, or less long, but usually it's a year. And then we, of course, to blend it with uh, some wine that uh, was not in oak, so it's, uh, we keep a balance. Uh, oak is good, don't have to be much oak. It has to be a little bit of oak to keep the, uh, I mean, the wine in oak is not only to have a, for the wine an oaky flavor, it's just the way the wine uh, breathes through the oak, right? How develop, how the wine age in oak. Yeah, and wine is always good together with food. You have excellent food in Argentina. So most probably uh, many of your clients will combine it with a, a great Argentinian steak, but I think uh, we should not reduce it to just steak. So what else would you cook together with such kind of wine? So what uh, went into my mind would 
be a red stew or something really heavy. So um, yes, I will not match with the with the salad. That probably will be much better with the nice. white or rosé or light or light red. Like every strong and um, full body red will go with uh, heavy meal, something, um, I don't know, we also have here nice uh, kind of pies and uh, those kind of things, but definitely with uh, different kind of meat, not only beef, but uh, with different kind of meat and stew. That, that will be the best and mature cheese for sure. Yeah. Do you have, by the way, some very special Argentinian cheese? I've never heard about it. Well, no, I don't know if I would talk uh, about cheese with uh, Swiss people or French people <laughs> or European people. So <laughs> we better keep it. <laughs> Good. And I, I'm we curious. We have nice cheese. We have nice cheese. That's good. We And I'm have, curious, not Anna. Specialties, no, not something uh, specially from Argentina, but we do have we do have a lot of coaches. Oh, but I'm not not sure if it is really going 100% with the goat cheese because the goat cheese is. Um, quite sour and uh, and and um, soft so it, it might match but maybe not 100% well again if uh, will not match with uh, uh, I mean it will, I will go with uh, an old, much mature goat cheese will go well because it's strong as well okay good agree yeah. and Anna you you are the, the, the youngster here so um How do you like this wine? Well, um, I honestly have to say my personal favorite of the Familia Folotti wines is um, the Altamira wine. Mm -hmm. um, as it's a bit, um, a bit sort of sweeter and it goes more a bit into the direction of, um, of a port wine. And it's, it's, yeah, it's less, it's a bit less heavy. So that what you mentioned before, that probably the same thing as, as happens um, with your daughters who prefer the white wine. It's also for me that the, the Altamira is a bit less heavy. Um, and we do, like Gabriela said, I mean, we do um, often drink it together with steak, but it's also, um, um, I mean, we, we have it with a lo loads of other things as well. And, um, Especially like with a bit um, with with yeah with with the main dishes um, and not not with the light things but um, yeah we we combine it with a lot of with a lot of different dishes. Uh, yeah, I like I like it as well with pasta. I think if you have a nice pasta, I could imagine um, that. Yeah, it goes it goes very nice with pasta as well. And I think it would also. Go with um, risotto ai porcini, something yes. like that. So, or even with, I should test it, but it, it could maybe also very good with black truffles. It could go very good with black truffles. Not the white truffles, but with the black truffles. It could go very, very good with the black truffles. Yeah. Yeah, imagine. Definitely goes well with rich uh, kind of food, not uh, light food. Gabriela, how is this? I mean, you have these traditional uh, gatherings normally on Sunday afternoon. 
by the families coming together and eating all kind of meat together. I forgot the name. How is it called? Barbecue. Asado. Asado. Asado, right. Yeah, well, that will be the best combination because asado, this barbecue is... Uh, the kind of meat we use for barbecues is uh, like ribs or those kind of uh, meat that a little bit more have a little bit more fat. So this wine is called perfect with that. Much mm -hmm. better than with a, uh, a filet, for example. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Yeah, but, but it's a, it's a classical wine. Usually wines go so well with uh, the main dish in the, the, the country. I don't know. They always, it's like... Uh, the, the um, I don't know, like some Italian wines with pastas or some Italian wine with fish, with fish depending on, uh, but here is barbecue is our main uh, uh, meal and uh, wine goes perfect with that. Oh, if you're talking so much about the food, I get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> now it's time to make a short break. And we will back in a few minutes to continue our great sommelier, white love sommelier show today with Gabriella Forlotti and co-founder uh, Peter and Anna of the Bodega Forlotti. We will be back very, very soon. So I hope you enjoyed the great music in between. And um, yeah, I would like... To continue, Gabriela, um, the worldwide situation is now <laughs> not really cool and uh, very, very many people are struggling because of the COVID pandemic here in Switzerland. Very many restaurants have to, had already closed and they opened again. Now they have to close at 7 p.m. And... Um, and also very many companies are struggling and it's it's a mess but how is the situation in argentina and um, did your business change because of covid can you give us a little bit insight in the situation there and what you are doing well, not different from what you have there. Now it's a little bit, it's summer, so we have a little bit of freedom and restaurants are back on, uh, they're open and people are getting together and all that. But what concerns me more is next harvest uh, because it's going to be autumn and we probably will have the second wave and uh, will be, it will be difficult to, to go through that harvest, especially, I mean, to work. You know, wine cannot, it's not like a restaurant you can close and wait until the, the COVID is over. Wine is not waiting, so we have to work anyway. That will be a challenge, Next harvest, how to go through the harvest without closing and without getting sick. Um, that is the main concern. And regarding sales, of course, uh, during winter was hard because everybody was, uh, everything was closed. So what uh, we developed was more a direct kind of uh, channel. Uh, we were able to sell directly to our customers. Uh, but of course, that's not enough. And to go international and uh, internationally and export is uh, it's a bit difficult to develop any market now. Nobody will buy a new, a new wine. Uh, so, but we keep um, 
uh, serving our, I mean, our customers like uh, in Switzerland or in public, uh, Czech Republic is doing super well the wine. They are happy and it's always uh, choose as the best uh, Malbec. So that is a really good market. And uh, we are developing other markets in, um, in, 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 in South America, like uh, Colombia and Bolivia, which uh, Bolivia is a good market. It's very small, but uh, there's a good uh, niche there. And then uh, Germany and UK are on, on, on coming and also the state. The state I already export in yeah. other Malbec, the Malbec from the hotel, and now this uh, will go soon. Very good. Very good. And in case some caterers of super yachts would like to order uh, some bottles of your wine, how would they get it? Do they have to contact you or me directly? Um, is it possible to order online? So how is, is this in case you would have new customers? How would you handle that? Well, if the customer want to buy it directly, I mean, it will be impossible for Argentina because we are far away, really far away. And everything uh, to ship from here is super expensive, but of course they can contact Anna and, uh, and Peter and depend on the country, I will be happy to give them the, um, the, the, the action or the name of the person who is selling the wine in that country. Yeah, that is clear for Europe, but in case uh, caterers of um, America or South America would like to contact you, how would be the process then? Again, we'll, we'll, we'll have to be through the, the dealer in the country. Okay. It's quite difficult to ship wine from Argentina to other countries. It's, it's not difficult, but it's quite expensive. They can order. I will ship it, but it uh, will be expensive. So the best way will be to go to the, the, the distributor in the country if there is one, or then we will find a way. There is always a way. Yes. I see uh, <laughs> Peter and Anna are quarreling now to answer this question also. So I give maybe first the word to Peter and then to Anna. <laughs> okay, thank you, Armin. Um, we experienced something amazing here in Zurich. After the first lockdown ended, you would experience that people are depressed and you know, especially the exclusive stores are looking desperately for customers. But what happened was exactly the opposite. There were huge uh, queues, people queuing up in front of the Rolex stores at Bahnhofstraße and in front of the Gucci stores in Bahnhofstraße because they really said, no, look, I had such a hard time be behind me now. We had to stay home all the time, you know, being locked in uh, in my home office that I deserve to, to do something good for me. So we called it the Gucci effect, that after this first lockdown, everybody was running into the Gucci store uh, to, to buy something nice for themselves. And I don't know if Anna probably experienced this a little bit as well, that there was after the lockdown quite a, a good demand for the flagship wine of the Familia Forlotti collection, which is, is the Lunta wine we, we, try, we, 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 we try today. Did you experience that as well on, the, on, your, on your demand for the flagship wine? This Gucci effect. Um, well, yes, I definitely experienced that as well, that we have um, loads of orders. Um, in fact, we have the orders went up that much that we're sold out 
um, of of some of the wines now, um, which we obviously didn't experience um, expect. But um, that's really that was quite that was quite impressive. I I thought that probably people would order less because they wouldn't want to spend um, money on on experience uh, on on wine or would change. Uh, their wine a bit, their taste for, or not their taste, but their preference on the wine. But actually what happened is that people obviously had, had more time to drink and enjoy wine and drank more of the, of the, good, of the good wine. And um, we have uh, actually really increasing, um, increasing orders. And um, I found that quite impressive. That, um, but it's also really, I, I, I hear also from my customers, it's really that they say, you know, it's it's if you if you are at home and you have time, and it's really you also have time to really enjoy the wine and appreciate it, and um, then it's really the perfect wine to drink for these situations when you really when you really have time. Yeah. Yeah, I um, it's a great opportunity to taste your wines, and I really can say this is a wine matches very perfectly to all the stuff you are eating now for Christmas, uh, even it, if it would be a turkey, if it would be a lamb steak, it would be a braised uh, um, um, roast beef, something like that. So all the heavy food which we will consume in a couple of days would be a perfect match. And even sitting in front of the fireplace and just enjoying it with a great dark chocolate would be nice so um, it is something which you can also then a bit reward yourself after this lockdown so I, I totally agree with you Anna and um, yeah I'm, I would be very happy if uh, you have enough wine to sell before Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Because I think uh, people will definitely enjoy it. Good. So Do the, we have questions? The, yes. The, the, the palette is on the way, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, the, the new wine will be available shortly in, in Switzerland or in Europe. If you, if you, are, if you are with your boat, say, um, in Saint-Tropez or Nizza, um, we will shortly have uh, the wine here uh, in Europe, and that, of course, makes it much easier to deliver from from Zurich to to, to Nice or to Saint Tropez, uh, rather than if you have to order it as Gabriela say and ship it all the way from Mendoza to to Saint Tropez or Nizza. Yeah, Anna. Yeah, and I mean, we also we also saw it from we also had orders going up to Belgium to Germany. And um, also, also people taking their wine home to Italy. So it's really um, that works. That works well. If you're if you're somewhere outside of Switzerland, the, that works well with them. Also, being able to to have the wine outside of Switzerland. And Gabriela, I just would like to add that uh, what people. Uh, Peter said about the Gucci effect, and I guess this uh, crisis um, teach us uh, about the, how life uh, could be end at any minute, and uh, we have to enjoy life and, uh, and quality. 
And that's one one of the things is uh, producing a good quality wine is uh, make me proud and uh, that the people now can appreciate the, the quality in things. And I would like to add something about what you said about the wine in front of the fireplace. This is definitely a wine for, for winter. Um, in Argentina, maybe you will also drink it in summer. <laughs> but... <laughs> But at night, not during the day, because believe me, with 40 degrees, we cannot drink this wine. It has to yes. be at night when it's a little yeah. bit more cold. For, 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 this, uh, for this kind of weather at, um, uh, during the day, um, we really appreciate the rosé. But you are not producing a rosé, so you have to... I do produ I produce a rosé. Are you producing rosé? I, I don't ship it to Europe because it will always arrive there in winter. Okay. So to produce rosé in this part of the world and ship it to Europe, it's all, you are always in the opposite uh, season. So, but Good. I produce for this uh, for 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 the domestic market. So you can enjoy now your rosé, your Malbec rosé. We can enjoy your our Malbec red. And Correct. I think one one cool thing is um, it is still not let's say totally defined, but um, and that is something very cool for you listeners of super Yacht radio we are planning to have eventually uh, a live wine tasting of these wines in the first quarter of next year and um, yeah in case we are realizing that you will be informed uh, of course ahead and then um, it would be our pleasure to ship you the wines that you really can have together with us such a great wine tasting of the different Malbecs of the Familia Forlotti. So now it's time to say goodbye. It is not time to say goodbye forever, but for the next two weeks. I would like to thank you, Gabriela, very much for your time, Peter for your time and Anna. And I think it was an amazing learning for our listeners We started, of course, after the introduction to understand what kind of climate, what kind of soil we have in Argentina. Malbec, of course, is a grape, but uh, not only the, let's say, the um, parameters are important, also the philosophy, how the Familia Folotti is treating uh, the wines, what kind of sustainability and Yeah, mm, Gabriela was very modest, but it is important to understand also that these wines are really highly appreciated worldwide. The ratings of Parker with 90 points is amazing. And um, another one is Discorchados, which is more in the Latin American world. And they had also good ratings. We were talking a bit what kind of difficulties we have now in the COVID times. So we tasted the wine and it's really outstanding good. So it was a flash of information during these two hours. And I would like to uh, thank you so much, Gabriela. I give the word to you first. No, well, I'm thanks you for giving me the opportunity to show the, the, the wines and explain what I do here and show with your um, your customers uh, my passion about wine so thank you you all guys and thank you Armin for that thank you so much then I give the word to Anna 
Yeah, well, um, thank you. Um, for me, it was also an amazing, amazing experience. And um, I really enjoyed the talk with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Peter? Yeah, I think it is a, an amazing wine from a family saga oh, that goes now more than 100 years. And it is the flagship wine of this of the Folotti of this uh, Folo, of the Folotti family, and since it is a flagship wine, it would be the perfect place to drink a flagship wine. Would of course be on a on a great yard, on a super yard, which are of course a kind of flagship in their classes as well. So I think Familia Folotti wine would be the the perfect wine to drink on a super yard. I think that was a very good ending and. I wish you a very pleasant Sunday evening, dear listeners of Super Yacht Radio, and see you back in two weeks. And yeah, a final cheers. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Radio.